That is, of course, Gene Moore's uh, organ score for Carnival of Souls. That's about as creepy as I think I want to be this year. We've had too much creep going on last few weeks. Herc, Herc Harvey. Yeah. Is Herc um, only movie, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah, Well, I mean, he made industrials before that. Well, yeah, before that. Yeah. And I forget the name of the actress uh, who was really quite good in that movie. She's as terrific. She around. But she kind of went away after that movie. They all too. did. They all yeah. did. That's why it's one of those cool cult movies because you don't you 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 look at it. One reason why I honestly think I mean this is an interesting subject to probably discuss uh, another time or in a, in a piece. But um, one reason I think Carnival of Souls and certainly something like Night of the Living Dead, mm. why they're effective is because you is because even decades and generations later you don't look at them and go, oh I recognize her mm. or him and I saw them. No, you don't. They just, they live in a universe all their own, and all those people live only in that movie. Yeah, it's just self-contained. I can only think of Dwayne Jones. Dwayne Jones, like yeah. I can, I can only think of him. I, I know that he was an actor and, and worked a little before and a little but, after, but it, just that. Pretty much. The Living Dead. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. you know. Oh. Act, the movie stars will take you out right away. Uh, it's the big Halloween show. It's the big Halloween show. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go through some. You know, some years we get better stuff than others. We we've got uh, we got some good spooky new stuff here. Uh, but just right off the bat, Tim, what is your? I mean, it, it, Halloween is a week away. Um, what what is your favorite scary movie of all time? Uh, it, 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 you know, this is a little bit tough for me because sometimes I I get a little confused about what we're gonna call a scary movie because you yeah. know you have monster movies. You're yeah, they can you know do the your Frankenstein's and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And then, of course, you have your Friday the Thirteenth, your your, your Freddy's, sure. and your you know yeah. your Wes Craven. This that completely different kind of movie than than a monster movie. Yeah. And then you have your hack and slash. Yeah. You know all that kind of stuff. So yeah. anyway, I, I, Thirteen Ghosts as a young that's a pretty great one as yeah. a young kid and yeah. it was in particularly in terms of horror, uh, Halloween, and that kind of horror. Um, as a young kid, Thirteen Ghosts pretty much nailed me. Yeah. Uh, move forward a little bit, and that first Jamie Lee, the the the, the, the uh, Freddy movies and all of that. No, I didn't really care anything about that. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth didn't care about that. But that first uh, uh, Halloween movie, uh, John Carpenter, yeah, young Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Meyer. I gotta tell you, that was a damn effective movie, yep. and, mo and and even more effective was Halloween Two, which picks up literally where the first film, yeah. the, the hospital is still on fire. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and and we move forward. That was a pretty effective. I know they're corny choices, but I like them a lot. I I still always go with Jack Clayton's The Innocence. The Innocence, uh, indeed, based another on, classic. Another based on the Henry James Turner the Screw, which is just a black and white beautiful movie that has some ghostly moments that creep me out. I always break horror films down into uh, into three scary movies generally into three classes. There are slasher, monster, and ghost. Yes. And slasher movies just gross me out. They don't scare me. It's all kind of that's shock Freddy, and thunderclap effects. That's your Friday and, the Thirteenth. Yeah, I, I know all the I know all the tricks. And uh, you know the gore stuff just never really does anything for me. Uh, Dario Argento. Nah, I don't really know that. Uh, monster movies don't really scare me either. I mean, I love Frankenstein. They don't scare me, but I thoroughly enjoy them. Ghost movies scare the crap out of me every single time, and yeah. they scare me because you just don't know what they're going to do. They're ghosts. There are no rules. In, in terms just, of recent ones, relatively recent, uh, Ghost, uh, The Others. Yeah. Very solid. Terrific. That movie, you know. Terrific. 
uh, uh, and, and, you know, the, the rather obvious now, but nevertheless very effective at the time, uh, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Which is a ghost movie. Yeah, that yeah. and the others were kind of back-to-back. The others yeah. came out just on the heels of that and really capitalized. Yeah, can they, can, they can get really strong. You know, not a lot of new ones being made that no. captivate me, to be honest with you. Well, we're going to start off with uh, somebody who's made his fair of creepy, scary stuff, uh, David Lynch. Uh, this is not a David Lynch movie. This is a Criterion Collection edition of David Lynch, The Art Life by John Wynn, Rick Barnes, and uh, Olivia Niergaard Holm. Uh, and uh, this is basically a documentary uh, from just last year, 2016, almost an hour and a half long that deals with, uh, it's just basically a documentary portrait of David Lynch, his work, what it is to, to be a creator and live inside his head. And uh, it, it is... <laughs> that's, that's what, I'm sorry, living inside David living Lynch's Living inside head. his head. That made me giggle. And uh, the extras are pretty thin. There's just an inter- a trailer and an interview with, uh, with John Wynn. Uh, so a little bit of backstory here real quickly. So as, as I have mentioned many times, my wife worked for David Lynch for a number of years, went to the, uh, the Christmas parties up there, and, yeah. uh, and it's always very entertaining. Um, uh, Dave, my wife's hand is in Mulholland Drive. Yes, it's, yes, it's, yes, it, yes. When you see Naomi Watts's hand reaching into the, uh, the bag of money near the end of the movie, that's a pickup shot. That's my wife's hand. Uh, but the... Um, and my wife was a, was a production executive on, on that movie. But uh, the... The the other thing is that w- the John Wynn um, made a previous documentary about David Lynch that is also out on DVD that we were quite nearly involved in. Um, it didn't quite happen. It's too yeah, bad. That was that was unfortunate. You remember that? Oh when yeah. That, when that was all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was, guys, yeah. We were gonna get uh, anyway. Lot of, long story. That's for another show. But in any case, so I, I am familiar with John and and his work, and he he and a few other people have orbited David for a few years, uh, capturing his his work and his uh, his environment and his process, and uh, it's good. You know, uh, it, 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 David doesn't let a lot of people into his inner, inner circle, and when he does, he lets you in completely. So the access here is what's really a pleasure to watch, and it is a deserving Criterion edition. Uh, I want to jump over to what I just saw it there a second. Oh, Innocent Blood. Oh yeah. Um, which they put on the top of this from the director of American Werewolf in London on the DVD on the yeah. Blu-ray that I'm looking at here, and I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, first of all. <laughs> anybody who knows that anybody who remembers Innocent Blood, which came out in 1992, yeah. knows that it was directed by John Landis, yes. and knows that John Landis directed American Werewolf yeah. in London. It, it seems to me a little bit, you know, obscure to put from the yeah. director of Werewolf. In yeah. First of all, if you're 19, you have no idea who the hell. What they should do is they say, <laughs> "From the father of Max Landis." <laughs> then, then it would actually be yeah. a useful thing. Yeah. I know there. But I, my thing is, I remember this movie. I do too. And I rather like this movie. Yeah. It's a dark movie for John Landis. Well, it came out it came out shortly after La Femme Nikita. Yeah. Uh when uh that, 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 that's the actress uh, Anne uh, and uh, yes. And Perio. And Perio. When Anne Perio was kind of a thing for a moment yeah. and uh this was a really good follow-up to that. You know, she was she was kind of pioneering a persona as an as a dangerous woman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you follow up something like La Femme Nikita where you're just you're an assassin and you're blowing the crap out of everything? Well, playing, playing you know, in a vampire movie is, a, is not a bad choice. Yeah, yeah particularly a, a rather dark and, and, and well-made movie. Like Robert Loja is the thing that I remember about this movie that was quite good. He's, uh, anyway, uh, neat movie. Not a lot on this DVD, pretty much, uh, or uh, Blu-ray, just the movie. And then we've got a movie called Jackals, uh, which is directed by uh, Kevin... Grotert, 
who did the last Saw movie. And I, I find that weird to say that there was a last Saw movie because I fully <laughs> expected we'd be on Saw 39 by now. Mm. But they called it quits at a certain point. And uh, Kevin Grutert uh, did it. And his new movie is Jackals, which is, um, I don't know, it's kind of more of the same. It's not really going to be much of a franchise, but it's got Jonathan Skeck and... Uh, I saw it for the show. I didn't like it. it, it it's 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 not you know it is what it is, right? I mean, it's cult, you know, like a cult. These people in the family, and they, and they get taken one by one. It's just what it is. Like it is said. what it is. It's just one of those movies. It's not it's not incompetent. It just doesn't do anything that you haven't seen, uh, seen a million times before. But I mean, it's it's effective for what it is. Uh, so you can you know you can go check that out. I mean, the the uh, they all you know there. Let me put it this way. If we if we counted up all the cabins, all the remote cabins where horrible things happen in horror movies, starting with uh, what was the first one? Oh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, and, uh, so, uh, yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. If you start counting up all the cabins where horrible things happen in 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 horror movies, you will have more cabins than exist in North America. <laughs> I know there I know. aren't that many cabins. People don't people don't go to cabins anymore. They go to like hotels in in you know nice yeah. places and then they will go into the woods then they go back to the hotel cabins who stays in a cabin anymore evil yeah. dead that's what i was thinking of all those evil yeah dead. yeah yeah starting with cabins. the dead cabins blackenstein I just I rather enjoyed this movie. Uh, 1973 Black this Blackstein movie, not to be mistaken with Blackula, which is yes. a, which is a different. Movie. What I honestly, what I love, what I'm so happy that Severin did. Severin, uh. Severin uh, airbrushed the artwork yeah. on the cover of yeah. this, so that you could put it on the cover. Yeah, so you could put it on the cover. <laughs> there are certain female parts that they airbrushed uh. out. Oh, uh, but it's Neat great stuff. kitsch. Yeah, it's a great kitsch. And, and, and uh, just loaded with special features, this particular one. Uh, interviews, uh, archive, uh, news footage, uh, uh, interviews with directors, uh, and just all kinds of really great graphic design stuff, which is really, to a certain extent, these movies were more about their graphic design. Yes. Posters and all that. Sure. Than, than they were the actual movies. Yep, yep. Uh, we got 10 horror films on one disc here, and this is uh, for people who just don't want to spend a lot of money but really just want a whole lot of horror movies. Just put this on a loop during your party and scare the children as they show up to get uh, their candy. This is a 10 horror film collection from Mill Creek. Mill Creek does these, uh, these uh, bargain collections every once in a while. A lot of stuff on here. Uh, the Purgation, Bloodline, All Alone... Billy's Cult, Phobia, Summer School, Vanished. The only one that's really uh, kind of significant, most of these are just straight-to-video uh, cheapies. Stevie is a little, has a little bit of a profile. Uh, but this is, you know, this is just stuff to put on in the background, really. Don't, this is, you know, strictly, this is kind of just a, a party filler uh, disc. But it's fine. It's uh, 10 horror films from uh, Mill Creek. And then we've also got a Joe D'Amato film called Beyond the Darkness. Uh, this is also from Severin, and this is kind of a, this is a little bit of a legendary, uh, quote-unquote, band movie. Now, I always get a little bit curious about that because I've, I've done mm. some research into this, and I've found that, that at least half, probably as much as 80% of movies that claim that they were banned <laughs> never were. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is a marketing hook. When they, you know, I, 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 there's so many of these that I used to get on DVD and on Blu-ray and say, you know, banned in 20 countries. And you do your research and you find out nobody ever banned you. <laughs> you were never even released in 20 countries. You, you, you couldn't get. No one picked you up. That doesn't mean you're banned. Like distributors not being interested in you is not censorship. Though no. it means your movie's crap. So don't don't try to spin that. Uh, but they do. God bless them, they do. So Joe, Mont- Joe D'Amato is kind of a low-budget horror auteur. This movie was made in 1979. Joe D'Amato made a lot of bad movies very quickly. They're all like this. And um, they're all kind of the same, you know? He, he's, he's, he's kind of a, one of the lower-tier uh, giallo filmmakers. Yeah. And uh, it, there's no real reason to see this other than the fact that it's just it's gory as can be and hysterically so and, you know... Just it, it it's just it's just goop and gore and it's just really really nasty. But uh, it's called Beyond the Darkness. It's on Blu-ray from Severin, and uh, I, I'll tell you right now, it's it's prob if you have a lot of people watching this, it's probably going to be hilarious. The more people there are watching this, once everybody gets gets laughing, it's going to be hysterical. Uh, so it's it's uh, I'm going to recommend this for parties, probably not to watch by yourself because it'll it'll creep you out a little bit, but. Um, Totally uncensored. A movie that was banned by no one who actually saw it. <gasps> That's funny. Children of the Corn, 1984. Uh, Linda Hamilton, you know, about the same year sure. of uh, the original Terminator. Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton was in this movie with Peter Horton and a bunch of creepy-ass kids. Adapted, of course, from the Stephen King novel. Um, Children of the Corn um, was actually a pretty effective movie for the day. Yep, sure uh, was. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the sort of possessed kids, basically it's a, 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 a cult of these weird-looking kids with uh, sort of strange hair mm-hmm. who believe that everyone who's over 18 uh, must be killed. <laughs> uh, which, frankly, interestingly enough, I think some kids think today. This, this thing is just packed with all kinds of special features. This is a special edition, uh, a brand-new 2K restoration, stereo sound, uh, stereo sound uh, 5.1. BTS. It's, it's just really neat. Audio commentaries all over the place from just about everybody. Uh, so I don't know. If you're into A, Stephen King adaptations, of which there are several floating around right now, yeah. interesting that Stephen King has been writing books that have been adapted in, into movies since the 70s. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Just, you know, I mean, yeah, and, and, and Carrie was the first, wasn't it? Uh, Carrie was the first, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sissy Spacek. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, just, uh, since the 70s, he's, he's been having his film, his, his books adapted in the movies. Anyway, this is a pretty neat um, uh, from Arrow Video, Children of the Corn. So Phantasm uh, was, was really a phenomenon of its day. That was when horror films were kind of coming into a new profile. You yeah. know, the, the, that late 70s period, which is when you had Carrie, it's when you were kind of veering into The Shining in 1980. You had Halloween. Uh, Friday the 13th was knocking off Halloween. I mean, there were a lot of interesting things going on in horror in the late 70s. Uh, you had, you had uh, Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff going on there. And Phantasm was part of that. And Phantasm was kind of the exception to the rule because Phantasm is, in many regards, Phantasm almost prefigures Clive Barker in a way, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's supernatural, but it's not, it's, it's almost like sci-fi. Um, That's sort of like cult, cultish underpinnings, netherworld, yeah. uh, 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 sort of things going on, but not directly sort of uh, devil worship. It's not no. Rosemary's Baby or anything no. like that. It's like, it's like these other dimensions. And, and that ball, that crazy ball with the, with the yeah, knives. With the, with the, with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what everybody remembers is the ball. You know, the ball just burying, is zipping around, burying itself in people's heads, and it's, it's quite a thing. 
So the original Phantasm was uh, written and directed by Don Coscarelli, who clearly had no idea that he he was creating something that was such a oh, yeah. such a cult thing. And uh, Angus Scrim, who plays the uh, sort of the big tall, dude, big yeah. dude with the, yeah. So uh, the, you now these are on Blu-ray, but they have the complete five movie collection. I never even realized there were five of these damn things. I knew there were a few, but I didn't know. I didn't know they made. It, I didn't five. know they made it to five. Yeah, they made it to five. All right, the last one was in uh, 2016, last year. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You know, so, it, there was a time in my life when a Phantasm movie would have been a thing I made a point to go see. Yep. Well, it's it's interesting how how spaced out they are. You know, they didn't they they, they really are very very spaced out. Is the weird thing. The original Phantasm was 1978. It took 10 years to make Phantasm 2. Don Coscarelli again. Uh, Five of those probably was the film growing to sort of cult status. Yeah. You know, it took a while for, 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 for somebody to realize, hey, people like this crap. And then it took another five years to do Phantasm 3. And then they another five years to do Phantasm 4. And uh, then it was 18 years to get to Phantasm 5, which is kind of amazing. Now, uh, Don Coscarelli did not... Um, did not have the same involvement in five. Let's let's just say, um, you know, David Hartman directed it, and uh, Coscarelli was involved as a producer and creative talent and so forth. But uh, you know, he clearly was passing the baton in Phantasm Five, and it kind of shows. But um, it's still, you know, it knows what it knows its game. It knows what it needs to do. So you can get all five of them, uh, which basically do the same thing in in slightly different and more interesting ways. And Angus Scrim is always awesome. And uh, they all come in a really cool slim case, the five-movie Phantasm collection, and that's a really good one for Halloween. I think that uh, that being available is great. And, and, and for a certain kind of fan, you know, that, yeah, that, that's actually... Sure. That, and that's a nice way to put that out. Give me all five of them. I mean, just if, one if, thing, yeah. yeah just Don't, give me all five yeah, of the damn movies. That's it. You know, that, I wish they'd fun. have done it in Blu-ray, though. I wish yeah, they'd have done it in Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, Besetment. Interesting little film here. Actually, actually fairly well done. I saw this one for the show, too. It's about this young woman who goes to work at this... Um, at this hotel, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and, the, and, and, and there's this couple that runs the hotel, and it ends up being one of those things of where they have some sort of bad intentions in mind you know, you, you, for, for, what, for the people who come work there, who all, who all disappear. And, 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 um, and, you know, and she ends up uh, falling into the trap of all of that and has to fight, has to fight her way out of it and, you know, and has to moxie to do it. Look, this is, this is the kind of thing where you know, a, a gal gets her lips sewn together. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tagline, uh, you can't scream if you can't open your mouth. That's pretty direct. <laughs> that's, 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 that's pretty solid. And this movie is, too. Not a whole lot on this DVD, though, uh, uh, much more than the movie. Nevertheless, 1916 film, uh, uh, 2016 film, sorry. Uh, and uh, it's actually pretty sharp if you're into that horror kind of business. Uh, you know, Dan O'Bannon was a writer on Alien yeah. and uh, one of the great genre writers of the 1970s and the 80s. And Dan uh, eventually made his foray into directing. And uh, 1991's The Resurrected is, uh, is, is reputable. I can't say that it's particularly good. It's sort of, you know, I'm giving him a, a, a pass just because, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to cut your teeth and doing some low-budget horror, and that's fine. Uh, this is out from uh, the Scream Factory line of Shout Factory on a uh, on a Blu-ray, The Resurrected. I always love the taglines. Tag Death used to be the end. Now <laughs> it's just the beginning. Uh, okay. Um, you worked hard on that one, I guess. Uh, so anyway, this is based on a Lovecraft story uh, called The Case of Charles Dexter Ward. And... Uh, 
it's a you know it's kind of a i mean it really is kind of a zombie movie because yeah. <laughs> the whole idea of people coming back to life is zombies so it's really not uh other than the title it, it doesn't really do anything that's all that new especially in our era where we have zombie television shows that are scarier than this on a daily basis. But still, some good performances here. Chris Sarandon is very, very good. Uh, John Terry is very good. As good as they can be, you know, under the circumstances. And, um, you know, Dan O'Bannon, not a bad director. Uh, Should have been a better movie, but all things considered, not bad at all. Uh, let's see, what do I have here? Suffer the Little Children. Um, oh, this is this thing. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, but you know, this is kind of a cult film, too. Yeah, British, British uh, you know, it's sort of a British horror film that's actually. Uh, but what I love here uh, is the very, very long and involved. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it a tagline, but I can't imagine anyone driving down the street uh, and actually taking the time to realize Shutter the Little Children. Uh, the Evil Dead Scared You, The Exorcist Haunted You, this film you will remember for the rest of your life, the most controversial horror film of all time. It take, wow. take, takes, yeah, it takes, it takes a little time to get to get yeah. all of that. It's, it's quite that's, a claim. It's uh, quite a claim, yeah. This is, this is the strong, uncut version. The strong, uncut version, as opposed to the uh, the, the weak, uncut the, version. The weak, uncut version. Anyway, whatever. A tale of uh, uh, a child's demonic and supernatural powers. Anyway, the, this this precedes like The Exorcist and all that business. And it is actually a pretty gruesome film and, and uh, heartily bloody. Special features include an interview with the director, Alan Briggs, uh, and uh, a couple of other interviews here, and some, you know, the trailer and whatnot. Nevertheless, it's a classic film. Uh, on Intervision DVD, uh, we've got a uh, <laughs> we've got a really real. This is kind of look. I love haunted house movies as much as anybody else, but you you got to make the premise work. You can't just just go completely crazy. So this is called The Hatred, and uh, the tagline here is "Your fears are real." <laughs> They just—they don't work hard on these, do they? No. Your fears are real, really, as opposed to when my fears are fake. <laughs> what does that mean? It really is nonsensical. What does that mean? <laughs> it does. Come on, make an effort for crying out loud! It's a horror movie. Uh, so this is a haunted house movie. Got some—you uh, got a girl who goes babysitting and uh, brings her friends along, and turns out the house is haunted, and there's you know there. Something to do with a Nazi, and it is like a, there's a, there's a, it gets even weirder than that. It's like it's not enough that it's one thing. There are other things. I won't give it away, but it's it 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 doesn't make any sense. Um, the uh, let's just call it a, another kind of an Indian like an Indiana Jones horror film set in a haunted house yeah. with a Nazi. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, it's not very good. It, these these kinds of movies tend to, you know, the, the the problem with the haunted house genre is this: the, the people who tend to make the low budget horror films that are set in a haunted house, they're not doing it for the right reason. If it's set in a haunted house, the, what they're thinking of is, oh, that's cool, man. We only need to sit in the one house. That will make we'll save a ton of money. This will be a ch- easy easily made cheap movie. We don't even need to get permits. Yeah. Right. They're, that's how they're thinking. They're thinking pure practicality. One location, no permits. It's great. We'll use Bo- Joey's house. We'll shoot it in Joey's house. And we yeah. can, that scene where she gets decapitated, that like, we'll use Joey's mom's bedroom for that. That'll be perfect. Uh, and, you know, the, they, can, they can use the bathroom as a dressing room. That's how they start thinking. Um, the, the point of a haunted house movie is, is not the house. The point of the haunted house movie is the history of the house. And it, just because you have a location, 
doesn't make it a haunted house. Yeah. The, the story has to dictate the location. And very often, the best haunted house movies don't take place exclusively in a haunted house. No, they take place in like a ranch style they, <laughs> sort yeah, of, you know, just, just split level. Like, like no, that's and not that house ain't haunted. And like Poltergeist. Poltergeist <laughs> is a haunted house movie. Yeah. And the end of Poltergeist is a great big old big budget thing where a graveyard erupts. From, you know what I mean? And it's like you can't. Yeah, yeah the uh, house is, you got to have something going on. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Cassie's Curse, uh, 1976. I remember yeah. this movie. I don't remember it from 1976, but I remember watching it on television when it used to run uh, fairly, fairly often. Um, actually, it's a neat movie. Uh, a haunt. This is a haunted little girl movie. A, a possessed little girl movie. Yeah. So and, uh, around that time, around the time of The Exorcist, uh, you know, The Exorcist spawned a whole mess of these. Yeah. Uh, and you know, some were better than others. Uh, and a lot of them just had to do with you know how they could outdo. Uh, some of the events that happened in the Exorcist, you'll of course remember the, the stuff with the the, the, the pea soup, and you know some some bright special effects guy figured out a way to spin Linda Blair's hit around, uh, fake hit around the thing. And that was it. So these movies were all trying to figure out how to do that. So this one here, Kathy's Curse, uh, Eddie uh, Malaton uh, uh, directed the film. I, but again, I, lo- I got I got I love the tagline. I got to read it for you. It's um, I sent mommy. To the madhouse. <laughs> I scared the butler to death. I threw the nanny out the window. Now there are three of us left. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's a good tagline. Better than the, de- better than oh, the movie. Better than the movie. That's uh, great. So pretty neat. Anyway, uh, uh, DV, uh, Blu-ray, out on Blu-ray. Um, she has the power to terrorize. That's pretty. Nanny. See, that's great. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, Tim, did you know that there are horror films on Lifetime? Really? <laughs> the ladies over there at Lifetime? I'm telling you, apparently they've got some horror films going on over at Lifetime. We have a four-film uh, Lifetime horror film collection, Big Driver, Manson's Lost Girls, Devil's Diary, and Hush Little Baby. Now, uh, that's uh, I, I can't imagine what kind of horror films you're going to be doing over at uh, Lifetime, but that's you know more power to you. That's a more diverse... Uh, Lineup than I would have expected. Uh, they they are not particularly great or anything. This is from Lionsgate. Um, the uh, you know Big Driver is a uh, is based on Stephen King material. Manson's Lost Girls is pretty silly. Hush, Little Baby, probably the best of the four of them. Devil's Diary is kind of uh, routine, but a lot of people show up in these things. I mean, they got a decent cast for some of these. Olympia Dukakis is nowhere to be found. She shows up here, so uh, you know, I like Lifetime's willing to put a little bit of money out, and you could do worse. I have got a Vincent Price collection here. Five frightening features is what it's called. Um, look, this the, some of these are actually house. You asked at the top of the show. My fa- I should have said House on Haunted Hill. Yes, uh, which is you know pretty good movie. They yeah. remade that movie. It seems like I don't know. I know. 10, 15 years ago or something. Uh, the the Vincent Price movie is better. We've also got the Jackals here, uh, and we've got Shock, nineteen forty six. Uh, and we've got the last man on Earth. Forgot about that. That too is actually that's that's actually a pretty creepy movie, uh, the last man on Earth, nineteen sixty. Uh, and we've got the bat as well on this movie, nineteen fifty nine, uh, with Agnes Moorhead, of course. And uh, so anyway, some of these movies are actually pretty pretty good, uh, and I I can recommend them. This is from Mill Creek. Uh, not a whole lot else on on this this this, but hey, five Vincent Price films, uh, including The House on Haunted Hill. I'd go for it. So uh, there's a thing here called the Poughkeepsie, the Poughkeepsie tapes. This was made in uh, 2008. 
It has become kind of a cult film. This is from Scream Factory, the line of uh, Shout Factory. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, okay. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut this a little bit of slack because it's, it's in that, um, found footagey, uh, Blair Witch Project kind of, uh, vein it, based on the idea that in the 1990s, there was a serial killer who, uh, was never caught and then left behind a collection of incriminating videotapes, taunting, but incriminating videotapes. And those are the Poughkeepsie tapes. And mm. so that's what this is all kind of framed around. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't call this... It's creepy. It's a, it's a Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Uh, it's creepy uh, more conceptually than in execution. But it's certainly novel. I give them credit for doing trying to do something interesting and original and different. And uh, this may be worth... Uh, for people that like these particular kinds of movies, might be worth taking a look at. That's the Poughkeepsie tapes. And uh, it's the first time I've seen the word Poughkeepsie associated with a movie since The French Connection. <laughs> cult of Chucky. The first, the first Chucky movie, which was in Cult mm. Chucky, was called Child's Play. Yeah, it was. Uh, 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 1988, believe it or not. Almost wow. 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, didn't review that movie. I did review Child's Play 2 when they were still called Child's Play movies, uh, which was 1990. Uh, one of the, I, I reviewed that movie for uh, for our old magazine, yeah. Uh, yeah. Entertainment Today magazine. That's right. Uh, and who knew uh, in 1988, 1990 that this would be, go on until 2017, all the way up to Cult of Chucky, uh, which came out last year. And the, look, these movies, uh, the it's interesting when when they first started in 1980 in 1988, Chucky uh, was an animatronic, uh, uh, an hydraulic uh, yeah. little doll thing. Yeah, you know that they, they would actually move around. By the time you get to this movie, a lot, Chucky in this movie is quite often CGI. <laughs> it's, it's CGI Chucky. Doesn't you make know. him scary. No, he it just means he can move faster, jump around like that yoga that that Yoda and yeah, and, and that, Star that, Wars. That kind yeah. Of thing. Nevertheless, I like I like the context of this movie. This movie picks up where the last movie left off, relatively speaking. Uh, there was one person still alive. It seems like she had murdered her whole family. They sent her away to an insane asylum. We pick up with her in the crazy house. She believes that she, in fact, killed her whole family. She, you know, even, even you know, the scenario in her, her head, uh, she, the, the psychiatrists have convinced her, no, the, you did this thing, and you're going to have to reconcile with it. And he, and he introduces the, the, the Chucky doll to her. And in, in the uh, in, in in the sessions there at the asylum, in order to sort of uh, convince her, of, and, and what do you know? He happens to introduce her to the same Chucky doll. <laughs> nice. In that, in that happenstance. Uh, anyway, um, uh, pretty intense stuff for Halloween. Deleted scenes here. Uh, you, you got the whole backstory of all the Chucky movies here. You got feature commentary with the writer, the director, and the executive producers. And you know, it's 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 kind of interesting. Chucky. Going back almost 30 years now. This one, uh, The Cult of Chucky. Blu-ray DVD. So Mario Bava, who is not a director I normally like. I'm not really a Bava fan, but or a Giallo fan for that matter. But um, in 1966, Mario Bava made a movie, which is now out as part of Kino Classics' Mario Bava collection. It is called Kill Baby, Kill. <laughs> and uh, Which is hysterical. Uh, so Mario Bava's Kill Baby, Kill... It's actually a really interesting film, and it uses a particularly common horror trope in a really interesting and funny way. So you have a guy who's a doctor. He goes to this remote village to do an autopsy on a, uh, a woman who has, who has passed, and uh, there, there is resistance, let's say, from the, the small village 
because they've got their own ways and outsiders, you know, how that is in horror movies when there's a, you know, a small village and we don't like outsiders and you and yeah, you don't understand, you don't know our history, all that kind of stuff. It, and, it's funny, that's the exact same theme of the next movie. Yeah, don't torture yeah, yeah. literally the same thing. And and the thing about all of these movies is whenever you get to a small village, some remote place that's completely cut off from the rest of civilization and uh, something weird is going on, don't try to figure which one of them is responsible for the weird goings-on. They all are. The whole town. That's always the twist, the right? Wicker it's man, like, for God's sake. Yeah, it's always like, who's the, who's responsible for this? They all are! It's, it's like Rosemary's Baby, right? You know, Eventually, you're like, he's got his father's eyes. Oh, no. All of you? You're all in on it? Oh, that's gross. Which, yeah, in, 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 so this movie, uh, 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 Lucio... A Fulci, 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 yeah. movie. Don't torture the duckling. Literally the same storyline. Who's, Mar- who's Mario Bava's mentor? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 literally the same storyline. Uh, you, you know, it goes to a small town, a backwards town, where a boy has gone missing. Well, several children have gone missing, and she's looking into it and trying to find out. And these people are acting all weird. She doesn't know what's going on. And why aren't they being helpful? Well, they're not being helpful for a good reason. Uh, and she finds out. 1972 film. Uh, look, I, 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 this, I'm not that much into these sort of uh, giallo stuff, you know, I, uh, not so much. But generally speaking, this is a pretty good one. Uh, this one has all kinds of special edition content. This is a special edition, uh, high definition Blu-ray. Um, and look, uh, if you're into this stuff, this one you definitely want to pick up. It has audio commentaries on it. Um, uh, it has the uh, you know, mono Italian and English soundtracks on it. Uh, so you know, uh, pick it up. Subtitles, of course. Um, don't torture the don't torture the duckling. Interesting. So I get to tell all my Richard Stanley stories again now because I'm going to talk about Richard Stanley's new film, the uh, documentary The Other World. And uh, Richard Stanley, of course, is the the one time wunderkind who made hardware. You know, Sherman is in hardware. Uh, we have a friend who's an really? actor named Yeah. He's, Sherman's in hardware. Yeah, yeah, he was in the hardware. He Are you kidding hard. me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you gotta show me where. About 1990. Yeah. I'll show Holy you. cow! So, first getting started. Yeah. So I had no idea. Well, yeah, Sherman, who we interviewed on this show, who's yeah, on, who's yeah, on uh, uh, Into the John Badlands yeah, now. Exactly. He's into playing Moon and yeah. Into the Badlands. Um, well, anyway, Richard Stanley, who wrote and directed Hardware, which was sort of the original cyberpunk movie, very, very legendary film, and later on went made Dust Devil, and very famously was hired to do The Island of Dr. Moreau, and, and then the, fired. The 1996 and, Island of yes, Dr. Moreau, yes. Val Kilmer. and Yes, and he was very famously fired, and then replaced by John Frankenheimer, and, you know. And All kinds of issues. It just, with, the, uh, the film Marlon was. Marlon Brando on that. And, Marlon, and then, of course, if you've seen the documentary about that, The uh, Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley, uh, Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, you know that at a certain point, Stanley himself, after he was fired, he he went and did a Brando and set up camp downriver where he was becoming, you know, basically a, a Colonel Kurtz. Yeah, I was going to say. Well. And then some crew members one day on a little marijuana smoking expedition discovered him living in the woods down. <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. It's just so bizarre. So anyway, I, I've actually met Stanley. I, I I have friends in common with him, and and. Uh, He's every bit as weird as you think. Um, you know that was that was when a friend of mine that I who was from England was staying with me, and we went and visited Adam Simon, who I unbeknownst to me was a was a neighbor of mine at the time. Adam Simon, who directed Carnosaur mm-hmm. uh, for Corman, and Adam was friends with Richard Stanley. So one Sunday afternoon, 
We were hanging out with Adam Simon, and Richard Stanley shows up in his black, with his long black hair and his black hat, and bringing, he brought a book full of, of necromancy along. And, and uh, he and Adam really had fun just sort of getting into all of the occultic stuff of it. It's, uh, it, was a, it was a memorable evening, I will say. But Richard Stanley, a, a brilliant, strange, colorful guy, and I'm sorry that he hasn't sort of stuck with filmmaking to the level that I think uh, he warrants, but still... This is an interesting documentary. It's called The Other World. And what he does here, you know, Richard Stanley lives in Europe now. And um, there's an area in France. And there's an area in the Pyrenees, in the French Pyrenees, known as The Zone, which, uh, as legend would have it, is, has such a history of the occult that it is now a, a doorway, a pathway to The Other World. And so the Stanley has made a film that is uh, effectively about that, a little bit more personal. There is some question as to where fact and fiction would get would converge on this, but still, you know, it's on Blu-ray from Severin, and uh, it's worth checking out, I think. Other World from uh, Richard Stanley. Also, for the kiddies, we have Trick or Treat Spooktacular Collection, 13 Haunting Tales. Uh, and uh, why not? You know, you got to do something for the kids. Uh, it's, it's, it's not terribly terrifying, but, uh, it's got some, you know, it's, there's, there's like Casper the ghost is in here and you got Ichabod Crane and, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun stuff. This is all, uh, these are all animated, uh, things from, uh, uh, animated producer Nick Bossett, Bossett style. I knew I was going to mutilate that name. Yeah, I uh, Anyway, he's an Oscar-winning producer, Nick Bosa-style, Bosa-style, and, uh, you know, a bunch of Halloween-themed little, uh, little kitty uh, animated things. Casper the Ghost on Halloween. Why not? Yeah. We also have Trick or Treat on Sesame Street, which is, is, is just not even remotely scary, uh, but it's fun. And the costumes are fun, and Muppets wearing costumes is hilarious, and I always enjoy it, especially when they do things like create Muppet pumpkins and... Muppet vampires and everything else, and you know Grover is a is is a giant cookie that the Cookie Monster tries to eat. It's hilarious. A lot of great songs, great music. It's good stuff. Uh, Sesame Street has a budget that people just don't fully understand. That is a that is a huge production effort. Yeah. So anyway, trick or treat on Sesame Street. Lots of fun. Uh, I got a, I got a couple of three here that I think are interesting in their juxtaposition to one another. The first, of course is the actual cult classic, Night of the Living Dead, who we, we yes. spoke about uh, just a little while ago, of course. Uh, we lost George uh, Ramiro uh, not too terribly long ago. What, about a month ago, two months yeah, ago? Yeah, it was about like two that? months ago. About two months ago. This is the 50th anniversary um, edition of that. Well, I, I, I must say, I didn't realize we were that far, that far cool. along. Uh, uh, Blu-ray digital. Um, you know... Not a lot on this, which I suppose is what disappoints me about it, given that it is, in fact, such a classic film. Uh, you would have thought. I, I mean, do you know if there are any um, editions of this that uh, that have more business on it you know, than this particular one? This uh, this movie has been released so many times. There there were there are like five or six different editions of this on DVD. Um, I, there there are a lot of extras on the on the other DVD releases that are not on this, but I would say not worth. Not worth picking them up. Yeah. I would say stick with stick with stick with a, a, a good solid Blu-ray, and especially that one. That's from Mill Creek. That's really reliable. It's probably gonna look good anyway. Yeah. And this 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 movie here, Bag Boy Lover Boy, uh, might be on a list. I, I you know when this I, I remember this movie, and I got to tell you, this movie was fairly intense. 
um, in terms of exploitation cinema. Yeah. In, in any case, uh, a directorial debut by Andres Torres. Uh, the film has a, an audio commentary on it uh, with, with him and a few of the actors in, actors in the movie. And it's about this guy who sells hot dogs. He's a hot dog vendor in Manhattan. Uh, and it's funny. He's kind of a funny little guy. And, and his hot dog cart is completely filtered. And, and it's this photographer named Ivan uh, decides to make him the focus of his sort of... You know, Isn't it funny that those those characters are never named, you know, yeah. Shmooley <laughs> yeah, or... Just, you know, Bob. Bob. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, this gets pretty, this gets pretty intense. In a number of different ways, it's also effective as just horror cinema, but it also has some sort of psychological content in it that I think is fairly interesting. And the Devil's Candy, um, look, um, it's, it, at the top of the thing, it says from the from the producers of the Blair Witch Project, which, if I'm not mistaken, it's like more than 20 years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going around pimping, oh, yeah. pimping the fact that you're the producer of the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you probably got. However, I will say this about this movie: Cher Appleby is in it. And uh, Vincent, uh, what's his name? Vincent Taylor Pruitt. Oh, to, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince is yeah. in it, and he's quite good too. Um, he so plays t- good creepy people. Yeah, he plays good creepy. He has a sort of, you know, sort of size. Got that eye, that lazy eye, and uh, yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, another, it's it. another house from hell sort of movie, but it's pretty neat. Special features include uh, a commentary track with the director and a lot of behind the scenes uh, uh, stuff and visual effects gallery. And uh, you know, Cher Appleby, I like her a lot. Uh, so it's a fairly intense movie. If you're gonna, you know, delve off into some horror stuff, this might do you well. Blu-ray. The Amsterdamed. I wonder how long it took him to think that one up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's. We need it. Let's a, a variation on damned. What if it take? What if we? You know, we have a. Uh, we can shoot the film in Amsterdam. They've oh. got a tax credit. I know. I know. I know. I, the Amsterdamed. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> we can. We'll. We'll save money, and it's a cool title. So the Amsterdam is a movie by uh, a horror veteran, uh, Dick Moss, M-A-A-S, who is Dutch. This is a Dutch film. We're joking a little bit about the tax credit. It's, yeah. Dutch, it's shot there because it, it's a Dutch film. Uh, so uh, anyway, it's a Dutch uh, serial killer movie by Dick Moss, which is fine. He does an audio commentary. Um, lots of featurettes on here, things with the stunt coordinator and, and so forth. It's perfectly effective, perfectly fine, uh, totally respectable. Uh, you, you know, it's it's not genius. It's not, you know, uh, it just has a certain reputation, so that's fine. Um, but uh, what, I, what I particularly love about this, once again, Tim, is the tagline. <laughs> We're we're having a competition of bad tag taglines. <laughs> I don't know. This may be the worst one of the day. Tim, yeah. be afraid. <laughs> it means you're still alive. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh my goodness! My I don't. Goodness who comes up with this stuff? At least they didn't say be very afraid. <laughs> uh, be afraid. It means you're still alive. Okay. That's nuts. That's I don't nuts, understand. Uh, let's see. Uh, filmography of the late movie maverick Herschel Gordon Lewis. Uh, this film, this is called Blood Feast, by the Blood way. Blood Feast is the the yeah. original one. That's yeah. the one. And yeah. uh, and and you know, it, it's it, it, look. Herschel Gordon was unhinged and quite good. You, were you there the day that we talked to David Friedman about this when we shot? Oh, Schlock? when we were shooting Schlock. Yeah. Okay, uh, because there, that yeah. was because you know that was the thing in in Schlock, which Ray was Ray's documentary that uh, that I produced and Tim worked on, and we all had a great time long far too long ago. But uh, yeah, David Friedman, who was uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis's partner, was an interview subject in the film and talked extensively about this. And in the whole idea of Blood Feast, 
even though Herschel Gordon is the one who directed it, it was it was Friedman who kind of came up with the idea because they had been making all of these nudie movies, nudie yeah. cuties, and and uh, and nudist camp movies, and they they were looking for something else that they could do inexpensively that would be a great drive-in movie and a real exploitation genre, and and David Friedman, that blessed genius, he that carnival barker yeah. soul of his just thought gore, and there it was. That was it done. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you know they're eating people and uh, uh, <laughs> and baking them and cooking them and boiling it, them. It, it more or less the same thing happens yeah. in this movie. <laughs> oh, lots of uh, lots of special edition content yet again uh, on this. Uh, so uh, for fans, yeah, check yeah. it out. It's a pretty it's a pretty neat sort of homage, I suppose, to the movie. And then uh, we got a thing here called Lilith's Hell by Vincenzo Petrarolo. Um, you know the whole. Okay, here's here's the here's the thing about Lilith. Does anyone are you familiar with the with the the, the legend of Lilith? Oh yeah, L- okay. Lilith Fair came out of all of that. Would, so yeah. yeah, so Lilith. This is kind of an ancient Kabbalistic uh, legend that God made Lilith before He made Eve, and uh, Lilith kind of blew the deal. So God had to kill Lilith and then replace her with Eve. So. You you do get a lot of horror films, including one made by a friend of mine, uh, where which are all centered around the legend of Lilith. She's still around. She's going after men. She's looking for revenge. She hates God. I always thought it was so unfair because it made her pissy. You know, yeah, like angry succubus. Yeah, it is. Anyway, they all kind of orbit the same concept, and they, they all sort of do the same thing. And so does Lilith's Hell. It's it's not a whole lot different from anything else, but you know, uh, it's got a little bit of a giallo profile to it. So, um, and, and you know, in this case, it is it is kind of a film within the film approach, but it's still doing the same thing. So, um, you know, if if the legend itself is is of interest to you, then you'll probably enjoy it. I I find the legend of Lilith a little bit tedious at this point. Uh, Ruby um, is a, is an interesting film, 1977 film. Um, let's see if I how, how can I explain the way this film was set up. There was this woman; she was married to this all like low life mobster guy. This mobster guy gets taken out by these other mobster guys who he's associated with. She sees all of this happen. He swears vengeance. Uh, the, the the mob mall chick that he's married to, that he's uh, going out with, is pregnant at the time. She has the baby, and then some years later, 16 years later, later this young child grows and starts taking out all these mob guys you know what that happens so frequently yes you know yeah don't you hate it (laughs) again though i must say this is put together fairly well uh uh uh, 2k transfer and restoration uh you got yourself a couple of wonderful uh director uh well director's interview with curtis harrington and a few other commentary tracks on here with harrington and the actual including piper laurie piper young piper laurie in this movie uh, and uh, so you know, it's 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 a classic sort of mid '70s horror film uh, that sort of you know people don't remember this one quite as much as they do some of, of some of the other films that we talked about before, Carrie uh, and and whatnot. But Ruby was actually pretty damn intense for the day. Uh, Demonic is a straight to DVD movie from uh, that really should have done a whole lot better. Frankly, this is a this is a this is a seriously decent movie. Um, this is James Wan was uh, responsible for this, and James Wan is a you know he's a he's a sharp director, um, and in this case he produced this, and Will Cannon uh, directed it, and uh, but it has more James Wan's uh, make all over it, you know, um, 
it, it's got his style, and it's got a good cast. Frank Grillo and Maria Bello play a, an investigative couple. She's a psycho- uh, psychologist. He's a detective. And they, um, they're trying to figure out what happened to these college students that were kind of ghost hunting in this abandoned house and wound up dying in a horrible, horrible incident. And piecing all of that together and figuring out, you know, what they did, what did they, what spirit did they arouse and all that stuff. Um, not bad. I mean, it's a, it, yes, it's a haunted house movie, but it does what the other ones did wrong that we're talking about. They didn't just say, oh, here's a remote location, let's shoot a haunted house movie. They yeah. actually have a backstory and some production value, and it's not bad. I, 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 I'm just sorry that this kind of is a straight-to-DVD thing. Maria Bello, I gotta be honest, best actress never to have won an Academy Award. Or pretty close. Yeah, you think about she's history of, really good. History of violence. Uh, she was excellent in history. The Viggo Morgenstern. Yeah, she's so she's so good in everything good. that she does. That, that uh, William H Macy thing. Yeah. Uh, the uh, what was that? The, the the gambling thing in Vegas. What was that called? Oh, good. Yeah. She was so good in that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, interesting. I have in front of me the uh, Stendhal syndrome, which is the Dario Argento movie. Yeah. Age Argento in it. Young Age Argento. She was about 1996. And timely, of course, now that yeah. everyone knows that yeah. she was. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing. In, 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 you know, we're talking about Harvey Weinstein again. We yeah. talked about him last week already. But uh, but anyway, um, uh, she had her, herself a situation with that. Anyway, and a young Thomas Crushman in this movie, too. This is a fairly good. I'm not a big uh, Dario Argento uh, sort of sort of guy, but so far as his films go, this one has actually a narrative through line to it that makes sense in the real world. It's just about a street detective who's looking for a, a serial killer rapist and, uh, and a young female police detective. Who's looking, and she herself sort of becomes the target of a serial killer. This this this, mo- this movie is going to get a lot of play. Yeah, <laughs> just that that whole subject and she being in it. It's that's going to get a lot of play. Those things, a lot of new stuff on it too. A lot of extras on it too, including some audio commentaries and uh, and, uh, and uh, including one from Aja Argento and uh, and uh, theatrical trailer and uh, just just interesting stuff all over this movie, which is like you said, timely for the moment. B.D. Benedict, a Canadian horror director. Um, Made a movie back in the 80s called Beyond the Seventh Door. Yeah. And uh, it's never been on DVD before, incredibly. I'm, I couldn't believe that, so I had to research that claim, and it is, in fact, true. And uh, Beyond the Seventh Door is now finally on DVD, courtesy of Intervision. And uh, it's worth checking out. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it, this was one of those, those sort of VHS... Uh, uh, horror classics of the day, big rental classic, and uh, it, they've done a really nice job remastering it for DVD. It probably should have gotten a Blu-ray as well. I don't know why it didn't, but uh, they did, and it's um, you know it's it's a it's it's effective. It's a little bit dated. Um, it's a whole kind of you know people trapped in a building with you know booby traps like made turned into a maze and turned into a kind of a sadistic, it's like, uh, and then there were none. It's sort of a variation on, and then there were none, the old Agatha Christie thing. It's, yeah. it's another one of those deals. Um, but uh, it, it, it's got its moments, and it's clever, and um, I, uh, it's the kind of thing you would expect somebody to remake if they were ever to discover it, because it certainly could get, you could take this premise and do a lot with it. A lot of extras on here. Great audio commentary with B.D. Benedict and uh, uh, his, his lead actor, Lazar Rockwood. Uh, interviews with everybody who was involved, a little uh, kind of a, 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 a another featurette that relates to something I can't really explain because it'll give something away. Mm. But um, as long as we're talking about taglines, <laughs> uh, beyond the seventh door, here's the tagline. 
In order to reach it, one needs seven lives. To find out what's behind it, one has to die. <laughs> it's a little bit wordy, uh, you, you, but you know, on point and makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's gonna have to happen? Well, this is what's gonna happen here. Oh uh, my god. Uh, <laughs> Sergio Martino. So, 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 like you know, when all those Giallo films, were, particularly after you know Dario, yeah. uh, and pretty much everybody, every Italian, you know, yeah. twenty year old who yeah. had a, a can of red paint decided that they were <laughs> were, were a director. Right. Of and uh, Sergio Martino was one of them. This film, when it came out in the United States, was called Too Young to Die: uh, The Suspicious Death of a Minor. Yeah. Uh, it's what it's actually called, and uh, you know it, the, what, what. What I will say about this film, you know, in, in addition to all of that sort of uh, Argento uh, Giallo sort of dynamic, there's a crime thriller in this. Yeah, and that actually has more along the line of the the Stendhal syndrome that we just talked about a moment ago. So that's what you have here, um, uh, but more, but it's still you know just a Giallo film, uh, special edition uh, DVD Blu-ray, which again does have some really neat. Special features on it, another 2K restoration, uh, again with the optional English subtitles uh, and, and uh, uh, soundtrack, and again with a new audio uh, commentary. Uh, so, you know, uh, look, if you're into this kind of stuff, you're probably going to want to pick this up and add it to the collection. So, um, Michael Williams is a director who made a movie called The Atoning. I'm not familiar with Michael Williams. He wrote and directed it. Uh, does a commentary. Perfectly competent, very capable, very nicely done. Not a lot, not a lot of money, but he's put a very solid little uh, little chiller together about a family haunted by ghosts. Kind of, there's more to it, but uh, it's uh, the idea of you know a family experiencing kind of a poltergeisty journey through um, some kind of a strange, horrific something. Not to give anything away. Actually, it's very it's a sharp idea. It's a good cast. It's well put together. It's from Gravitas Features, and uh, this is brand new. This was just made, and uh, I you know film it's it, this is this is where you find the gems. Some of these straight to video gems are actually really decent horror films, and this is somebody who could uh, have a career doing some other things. Uh, Michael Williams, good luck to you. You made a you made a good scary little family horror film. Yeah. Um I got Wish Upon here. The, you, the, this movie came out, I, 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 think, I think it was on the show the week that this movie came out, but for some reason I, I didn't happen to see it. And then I caught it later. Uh, Ryan Felipe film. Um, and I got to tell you, this was not bad. This is the, the, the guy who directed this, uh, directed Annabelle. You know those Annabelle films? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, doing, doing, doing fairly well. Uh, sure. Uh, John R. Leonetti. This film was actually pretty good, too. Didn't do as well as those. Just of it is this. Ryan Felipe plays, plays this guy. He brings this little music box home yeah. uh, to his daughter, and she gets it, and, sh and, and she starts making these wishes, and the wishes come true. <laughs> but like all of these movies, you have to pay for that. Oh, dear. And, it's, and that's what the movie is about. And oh. i got to tell you, fairly effective in that way. It really was. Special features here. Uh, and, and include a lot of stuff, uh, and, including an interview with the director and the rest of the cast, and, and, and uh, uh, so you know, I don't know, an effective little movie that for whatever reason just didn't catch on. Pick it up now, catch it now. This is a good Halloween to go ahead and watch this one along with Annabelle and the rest of those things. We are getting down to the end here. Uh, Spider is an interesting foreign mm, horror psychosexual thing. 
Um, this is a Latvian movie from 1991. You don't see a lot of movies from Latvia. Let me be honest. <laughs> Latvia does not exactly. Latvian exact, movie industry. Yeah, Latvian movie industry doesn't really exist. So this is a bit of a, a strange uh, anomaly. But it's a worthwhile anomaly. Um, it's uh, it, obviously the, the Russian, the, the, the language is Russian, but the movie is Latvian. And uh, it's directed by a guy named Vasily Mass, M A S S. And um, I, it, this is another one that probably warrants being remade at some point. Uh, and I hate almost saying that, but it really does. It has all, a whole kind of, you know, you just think if you threw a really big Hollywood budget at this thing and you put a really interesting cast in it and you gave it some, you know, Really cool production values. You could real. This could be a real chiller and something really original. This would be a great discovery. Um, it all. It's kind of. It starts with a scenario that is almost a, uh, a picture of Dorian Gray kind of thing, where this girl has to sit for a painting to portray, you know, painting of the Virgin Mary, and the as a res, the the paintings his paintings come to life around her. And becomes kind of a carnival of souls type thing, sort of a, a you know, and there's and then there are these additional. Oh man, it's hard to explain this without giving anything away. But um, where this leads eventually is on a journey. She has to undergo a journey, an odyssey, again, very much like in Carnival of Souls, and uh, the the evil that she has been fighting and discovering pursues her. I'll call it, I'll just put it that way. So all of this stuff with the painter and the paintings and the ancient evils, it, it makes sense. And it actually is very, very interesting. And the film is called Spider and uh, by the Latvian director Vasily Mas, who really did nothing else. And these people are, are very smart because their tagline is a quote by Sigmund Freud. Subconscious sexual desires are closely linked to the sense of fear. It's not a great tagline, <laughs> but, it's but it's technically true. Quite so why not? <gasps> oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. The Lure is a 2015 film, which is actually rather intriguing, I think. Yes. Um, the film is about these mermaids. It's a Criterion film. A criterion this film. Is a criterion, this is our Criterion horror film for the week. Uh, you yeah. know, and it, 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 it's, it's a your musical horror. And so it's, 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 it's a mashup of all kinds of genres, really. Uh, and it's about these mermaids, these two true mermaids, mermaid sisters, and one wants to one wants to you know uh, love and and be a part of the human population. Yeah. And the other one wants to eat us. <laughs> uh, and that's that's it. And it's, it's a twist on a Hans Christian Andersen sort of theme. Uh, but it's but it's quite good. Uh, anyway, um, yes, uh, because this is in fact a Criterion disc, it has all kinds of fantastic things on it, including a uh, high definition digital master. Uh, as well as several deleted scenes and interviews uh, with uh, the filmmakers, whose names are all what? 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 A Polish uh, way. Um, uh, oh boy! There's no way I'm going to be able to say. Uh, but but a very very good movie. Yeah, Polish. An, uh, Anexka. Uh, you know. Anieszka Smoszkinska. Uh, that's so the best you're going to get out of me. Yeah, you, you did it beautifully. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a, very, a very effective movie from the Criterion Collection. And then we have Inquisition, which is a Spanish horror film from 1976 by Paul Nashi. Paul Nashi, who, of course, starred in all of his own movies. Uh, they are cheesy and creepy and hilarious, and uh, they just they are a, uh, a genre unto themselves. This takes place in uh, 16th century France. It is uh, during the, uh, a kind of Inquisition, not the Inquisition. This is a French Inquisition. There were many Inquisitions. The Spanish is just the one that gets all the publicity. It's not really fair. 
The other ones are all just kind of also rans. But uh, during this particular uh, Inquisition, there is the Paul Nashy character, who is the Inquisitor, uh, he goes to this one particularly haunted region, and uh, all hell breaks loose, literally. Uh, th- there's a lot of torture in this. It's not very convincing. But uh, it, the fact that this feels so of its era, so 1976, and it just reeks of 1976 film stocks and audio recording gear. It just, it's just, it, it, it couldn't have been made any other time. Uh, there's actually kind of a kitschy quality to it. This was actually Nashi's directing debut, and uh, not that it matters. His movies are all kind of equally amateurish. He didn't really <laughs> learn anything. He didn't. He didn't. His, his first film, his last film, they're all the same. They, 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 he, doesn't, he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't need to. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it gets interesting because he, um, well, I won't tell you anymore. Nashi's, Na- let's just say Nashi, Nashi wore a lot of hats in this movie. Uh, this has easily my favorite, um, my favorite tagline. The Lord of Darkness. In the beautiful body of a woman. <laughs> That's what I was. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, what do I got here? I got Popcorn, 1991 film. Actually, oh, this I, is I, terrific. I, I reviewed this movie in yeah. 1991 again for the newspaper we yeah. were working for at the time, which is kind of it's kind of a cross between like a sort of like Leatherface movie and yep. Phantom of the Opera. Yep. You have these kids who are putting on this sort of like horror fest movie thon. This is perfect for Halloween. Now that I think about it, uh, and they're putting on this movie thon, uh, and, uh, and you know they, this killer is going around killing people, wearing other people's faces. You know, <laughs> <laughs> kill you, take your face, kill your friend. Take his face, kill his friend. It, uh, it, it's um, uh, it's and, and you know it's all going on in the movie theater. It's really, it, it, this is nineteen ninety one, but it's good sort of seventies eighties horror. The name of the movie is Popcorn for a reason. Sort of neat, uh, and lots of neat special features on this too. Audio commentary track with the director Mark Harrier. Uh, and uh, Jill Schoen, D. Wallace, or uh, it's in this movie. Tony Roberts is in this movie. You know, so yeah, a, a chance to see some actors you haven't seen in a while too. So very neat. 1991's Popcorn. And we have a a kind of uh, I, okay. I, I'll 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 try to do my best to describe this. Dario Argento. One more Dario Argento movie. Dario. Phenomena. This is Phenomena from 1984, starring an incredibly young Jennifer Connelly. Believe it or not. I had never known that Jennifer Connelly worked with Dario Argento. Me either. Yeah. Th- this is pre-Labyrinth? Yeah. Younger than that? 1984. That's as young as I go back with yeah. her. Yeah. Wow. So this is 1984, right around the same time, I, I, I guess it would be. Uh, anyway, so Jennifer Connelly goes to a girl's school in Switzerland where uh, somebody, there's like a homicidal lunatic on the loose. And the only thing that makes this more than just a girl being chased by a homicidal lunatic is that Jennifer Connelly yeah. has powers. She's a little Carrie-like. Yeah, I love There's it. A little Carrie angle going on here. I won't tell you what her powers are because that's the coolest revelation. That's the, that's the one thing that makes this movie really, really fun and interesting. Uh, and it just gets really icky. It's a, it's really one of the few Dario Argento movies that didn't gross me out. Where I thought that's kind of cool and clever and fun. So, uh, Phenomena is uh, is worth checking out. Um, Motorhead, Iron Maiden, a lot of great oh, music wow. on the soundtrack. That's yeah, it's hot. it's 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 a good soundtrack. So uh, this is good. There's also a documentary among the extras called Dario Argento's World of Horror, and uh, then there's the 83 minute release of this movie. 
from its American release, where it was known as Creepers. Ah, yes, so Creepers. Sorry, yeah. Creepers was the actual American release, but Phenomena is the original title, Dario Argento's Phenomena, and it's on Blu-ray from uh, Synapse. T- check it out. I know I saw that movie in 84. You know you've had a hit television series when you don't even need to use the name of it anymore on the uh, Yeah, movie. right. Yeah, A-H-S. That's all it is. American Horror Story, baby. Uh, Roanoke. To be honest with you, I did not see this is the three-disc set that contains all ten episodes of season six. Uh, are you a, are you a fan? Do you watch? The not series? really. I I know people I know who love this show, like our friend Dean, who I went to film school with. Dean loves this show. I think he's disappointed in the new season. But I like the idea of it more than I the like. Actual, I, I like agree. the idea of this sort yeah. of roadshow yeah. company. It's like yeah. a stock company in theater. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, bringing these actors back, letting them uh, reshape themselves and do it again. I'm not a big horror guy in the first place. Nevertheless, people who I know who love this stuff, really, really love this stuff, this includes all kinds of extras uh, uh, on it. And I imagine that if you're a fan of it, you're going to want to go ahead and pick this up. Special features and it also includes a Q&A with the cast and creative team from the, from the show. So, I, you know, I'm A-H-S. You know what it means. Go ahead and get the DVD. All right, folks, that wraps it up for our Halloween show. Have a terrific week. Go get yourself some of these movies. You got time. You got a week before Halloween. Load up. If you're having a party, any of these could give your your guests a really good time. Put it on the big screen. Load it up in the background. Have a grand time. Scare the children when they show up at the door. Um, My daughter, you know what what here is going as? Yes, this was her idea. She's going as zero. Jack Skellington's dog from oh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. You are gonna, you are gonna love the costume. I'll send you a picture of the costume. Are when you she's guys in building it. the costume, or do they actually sell that one someplace? Christy found a place in England. She had to, she had to order it through, <laughs> through. Uh, what's the place where you get all the handcrafty uh, stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. What is that thing? Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah. e- it's like eBay for people Etsy who Etsy or something like that. Etsy. That's yeah. it. The people who do, it's like the eBay for basket weavers. It's uh, yeah. She she found it on Etsy. Believe it or not, nobody there's like nothing in the United States. And she found this woman in in England who made these custom-made zero costumes, and she ordered it. And it's adorable. It's ridiculously cute. I I can't stand how cute she is wearing it. It just kills me. So we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a blast on on Halloween. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I got, I'm still trying to find sugar-free Kit Kats. <laughs> see right. what happens with that. All right, everybody, have a great Halloween. We'll see you next week. Between you.
ourselves for getting down. But stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Ha <laughs> ha!